Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujiadi. Today is Tuesday, February 27th. Coming up, we'll hear from a Kansas City area lawmaker who wants to change Missouri law to allow pregnant women to get a divorce. We'll hear how the state's restrictive abortion laws led to this push. But first, some headlines. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has appointed a local executive to the Kansas City Board of Police Commissioners. KCUR's Peggy Lowe reports four of the five commissioners will be Parson appointees. Parson named Madeline Ramias, a regional vice president of external affairs for AT&T, to fill the seat left vacant by Mark Tolbert. He was appointed by former Governor Eric Greitens and was one of two black representatives on the board. The other is Mayor Quentin Lucas, the only elected official. Ramias is black. The police board oversees a $280 million annual budget, sets policies, and makes employment decisions. Kansas City is the only U.S. city whose local law enforcement is under state, not city, control. Police told Jackson County legislators yesterday that the abundance of stolen firearms is making it difficult to hold people accountable for gun crimes. The discussion was part of a weekly meeting the county legislature is holding to craft gun policy in response to the Union Station shooting earlier this month. Police Commander Keith Kirkhoff says officers frequently see stolen guns used in different crimes. They leave them unsecured in their cars. They they just don't take care of them. And so a lot of times they're, they get stolen or that's how these this cycle starts. Lawmakers say they'll discuss gun policy indefinitely, even though Missouri prevents local governments from passing their own gun laws. We'll be back after this. The American Pregnancy Association reports that Missouri is one of just four states where pregnant women aren't allowed to get divorced. That's because the courts require a child to be born before paternity can be confirmed and child-related orders like custody and support can be decided. State Representative Ashley Awney represents the 14th District in Kansas City's Northland. She introduced a bill last week that would undo the law, and she told KCUR's Steve Kraske the law could prevent people in domestic violence situations from leaving their abusers. What is the law in Missouri as it exists right now? Absolutely. So it's actually um, it's interesting because the way the statute is written, it essentially provides very detailed step by step process of how a judge um, needs to go through the process of issuing um, a, a finalized divorce um, in, in a situation where, you know, both couples come come to the table and, and that's the situation. And um, but one of the requirements that is asked is literally there are five things that that you have to meet five requirements and one of which is that nobody is pregnant in the relationship um and so that is uh, something that was set in statute um years and years ago really to protect the baby um making sure that in the court's language that they prevent the bastardization of a child um and so you know there were noble reasons to do this of course and and of course in most scenarios we want this to happen but there are specific situations where folks really need to get out of a marriage. Um, and for that reason, I think we need to update the statute. Huh. What did you first hear about this law? 
So I found out about this a few years ago when I was touring Synergy Services up in Clay County. Um, so Synergy is a, uh, a domestic violence um, shelter. They provide wraparound services and emergency services for folks experiencing domestic violence. And one issue they brought to me is that they have a lot of women who are um, victims of reproductive coercion. Um, that can look a lot of different ways, but oftentimes it looks like preventing reproductive care, preventing um, contraceptive access, um, you know, keeping a partner pregnant, essentially, um, in a lot of cases. So women are coming to them with four, six, eight children. Um, you know, escaping a domestic violence situation, mm -hmm. and they are actually building new housing to accommodate these large families. Wow. How did that make you feel to learn about this situation? I was really devastated, yeah. honestly. And, you know, I, I am, um, I, of course, I, I have a lot of empathy um, for folks who are experiencing domestic violence situations. But, you know, I also looked at it and, and thought this is not just an issue that affects women. Um, imagine a situation where a man wants to get a divorce um, and a wife you know, the wife doesn't want that to happen. And so she gets pregnant on purpose, right? She um, maybe doesn't communicate her own um, birth control issues. Like this is something that happens to both parties. And I've heard stories from both genders um, about this being something that has kept them in a marriage, a marriage they didn't want to be in. And so, uh, you know, making sure that um, we give the courts every opportunity to address this issue and to help folks who are in this situation, I think is really important. So as the law stands now, just to be clear here, it's meant to guarantee child support for a mother and child in the case of divorce. Is that right? Correct. So the intention, as you're pointing out here, isn't entirely ill-intentioned. Oh, no, no, not at all. I, mm -hmm. I really don't think so. Um, I, I think it was um, a noble endeavor to make sure that mom and baby are taken care of. I just think that the current statute doesn't take into consideration situations uh, where, um a divorce may not be super amicable on, on both sides, right? There there are outlier situations, of course, in, in every uh, legal situation. And I think this is one of them um, that our statute just simply doesn't have room for as it currently stands. So I gather that since the fall of Roe versus Wade in 2022 and the state's near total abortion ban now in place, this is what has brought this law maybe under some renewed scrutiny? I think so. I think that, um, you know, especially in that context, this um, the, the current statute seems very archaic to me. Um, you know, if we are living in a state where we are forcing women to carry pregnancies to term, uh, then we need to make sure that they have an opportunity to escape a bad situation if they're in one. Hmm. So you introduced this bill last week. You said you're already still working on it. But essentially, what are you trying to achieve here? My hope is that um, I can finalize some language this session and work on getting it a vote in my committee and potentially amending it onto um, a larger, potentially omnibus bill that is moving through the House. Unfortunately, being in the super minority, I don't have a lot of hope for my bill being a standalone bill to move forward in the legislative process in, in any kind of normal way, unfortunately. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm, I'm really hoping that this the conversation has been started this year. If I can't get it across the finish line this year, I'm absolutely going to continue working on it until I do. Can you get help from a Republican lawmaker who might agree with you on this one? 
Yes, absolutely. In fact, I've talked with several lawmakers um, on both sides of the aisle who are interested um, in this legislation um, and a few who are willing to co-sponsor. So um, if I can't do it on my own this year, rest assured, I'll be um, bringing a coalition of bipartisan lawmakers uh, on board next year to help me push it. Yeah, I was going to say, to what extent does that happen, even in the Missouri General Assembly, where, as you just pointed out, Republicans have a supermajority Will they consider, will they have conversations with with people like you over issues that you're concerned about? You know, it it depends on the day and the issue, of course. Um, But yes, yes. You know, I think that the things in the media um, that get put out make it seem like we're we're always at odds with one another. But that's simply not true. Um, We work across the aisle all the time. And, you know, there are days when um, I can be a thorn in someone's side, which is my job in the super minority. Um, but there are days when I can go um, to my Republican colleagues and say, hey, I, I've got an idea. Let's work on this. Um, and they are willing to do so. Um, and they're happy to help me carry the weight. So I think this is one of those instances, um, especially female uh, lawmakers on the other side of the aisle. I've gotten um, a lot of uh, interest um, in. And, and, you know, I think that a lot of us um, are in circles of, of folks who, who share stories. Right. Women hear stories from other women all the time. Um, and I think that that empathy, um, it, it, it does not, um, it, it's not a Republican or a Democrat thing. It's, it's just a, a human thing. Even if the legislation would somehow manage to pass the House, does it have a shot in the Senate with all that GOP infighting that's going on over there? You know, I, I don't have a lot of hope for that, honestly. I, I'm, I'm worried that we'll not even make our constitutional obligation to pass a budget this year with all the infighting happening over there. Uh, we'll we'll have to see, but um, I'm not super hopeful. You know, one other issue I wanted to ask you about, Representative, there's a big push and a big drama going on sort of outside the legislative process this session, and that's this initiative petition effort to get signatures to overturn Missouri's near total ban on abortions in the state. Folks who are pushing for this signature effort are facing an incredibly tight deadline to get it done, given all the court fights that Republicans sort of put up last year to slow this process process down. Do you expect that the signatures will be gathered in time? And when would Missourians then vote on an issue like this later this year? Um, so I'm not sure, honestly. I, I really don't know that that they can. And, and frankly, you know, even if they get it, they get it passed. I, I just don't think that that Missourians are interested in having their access to um, democracy taken away. Um, so, you know, I believe that uh, Missourians for Constitutional Freedom is absolutely going to get the signatures we need to um, to overturn Missouri's uh, total abortion ban to put it on the to put it on the ballot. But, um, you know, if if we do if the legislature does pass this initiative petition um, reform um, bill, it could potentially be on the ballot in August. Um I don't know. I I think that Missourians will reject it. I think Missourians want um, their reproductive freedoms back. And and my my hope is that we have um, the effort and the energy behind um, campaigns to uh, defeat this initiative petition reform if it does get through. And you're talking about there is a bill in the legislature to make it tougher to pass these statewide initiative petition efforts and Republicans pushing that very hard. And it's a little unclear whether they're going to have enough votes to get it done this session or not. Right. Correct. Correct. I don't think that um, anything outside of the legislature has has the juice to get it done. So I think they'd absolutely have to do it legislatively. 
That was KCUR's Steve Kraske and Missouri Representative Ashley Oni of the Northland. You can hear their entire conversation from KCUR's Up to Date at kcur.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Anna Schmidt and KCUR Studios and edited by Madeline Fox and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.